Hello, Famous Last Words listeners. Welcome back to episode two. We are continuing in the Kingdom series, the Expectations of a King series. If you want to, you can also link up with the blog on my website at yanimut.com. If you want to listen and see at the same time, you are free to do that at yanimut.com, Y-O-H-N-E-E-M-O-O-D-E.com under resources and study blog. All right. So we're actually going to get right into it. Um, The last time we talked in uh, episode one, we talked about the difference, the differences between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. And within that, we talked about how um, the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God have different priorities and um, how they, they focus on on different things. The kingdom of the world says that we are to focus on ourselves and to make sure that we live our lives and that uh, the way we want to and for ourselves and that we get everything that we want in order to be happy here. Uh, and opposed to that is the kingdom of God, which says that our lives are here as sacrifices to God we're living sacrifices to God here and that our purpose and the priority of the kingdom is to spread the truth of the gospel throughout the earth and to demonstrate the love of Jesus to people in the world and that it's not about saving your life, it's about losing your life or giving your life away. Um, and so um, then we got into specific differences between what the kingdom of God declares and what the kingdom of the world declares. And so we're going to continue with that today. And so this would be for us uh, number three, which says the kingdom of the world tells us seek pleasure, have fun. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you may die. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and that's actually a a derivation from uh, an Old Testament scripture, but it's also a very popular saying in the world. Um, But the kingdom of God actually says, set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on the earth. You can find that in Colossians 3, 2 through 17. The kingdom of God says, don't make pleasure your priority. Live for God and to accomplish his purposes. Okay. Number four, the kingdom of the world tells us, make as much money as you can since wealth equals a good and happy and successful life. Uh, Quote, make that money or get that bag. I'm sure that um, you have heard at least some variation of the make sure you get paid uh, mantras that are going around in the world today. But the kingdom of God says something very different. The kingdom of God says, seek first the kingdom and then you'll have what you need. In fact, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal and stock markets plunge 
and currencies are devalued and housing markets deflate. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where the truth is wealth. It's where true wealth is, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And uh, you can find that in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verses 19 through 21 and verse 24. Uh, The kingdom of God says, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and we have enough clothing or our, our needs are met, we should be content. But people who who long to be rich often fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. Now, that's not to say that if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. I've heard that lately, you know, that there is a, a, an old um, traditional, um, well, let me see if I would call it traditional, fundamentalist, I think maybe, belief that, uh, you know, the, the poorer you are, the closer to God you are, and the richer you are, the, you know, the further away from God you are. I just, I do not believe that. Now, I believe what the Bible says, you know, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes. And I do believe um, what Jesus said when he said that it is difficult, that it's very difficult for the rich man, for a rich man or woman to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But I don't interpret that as impossible. I think that as long as the rich person doesn't love the money you know the money works for them they don't work for the money the money doesn't control them and their actions and it doesn't control their heart you know they don't love it um, but they use it as a tool to do good in the world and they could you know they can have it or leave it they could take it or leave it they'll be okay if they don't have it um, it doesn't tempt them away from God, you know, God has given it to them because um, they are good stewards and, and, and they've proven that they can handle it. I think in that case that, you know, they can, you know, they're just as able to make it into heaven as a rich person is, you know, so I just think that we, even, you know, even in the church, we have some mindsets and some some rudimentary beliefs that are not biblically based. You know, they're based in people's opinions. They're based in people's experiences. They're based in what people hope is the truth instead of what actually is the truth. Okay, because sometimes you cannot have money and you look at people who have money and it helps you to tell yourself that because you don't have money and they do, you are somehow more holy and more righteous, but that's not what the word of God says at all. So again, I will say that, you know, the Bible does talk about how the love of money and how, 
you know, attitudes that can come along with having money can um, keep you, keep us from heaven or keep us away from from God or separate us from God if we choose to let that happen. Okay, but I don't think it's it's a it's a it's a rule. I think it's a cautionary tale of what is possible if we're not careful. All right, moving on. Number five, the kingdom of the world tells us life is uncertain, so you must be very concerned about having enough things. You know, this is sort of related to the last one as far as, you know, storing up treasures here on earth. Um, Again, the kingdom of God says something very differently. It says, don't be worried about your life as to what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? You of little faith. And right now I'm actually speaking from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Uh, So then it goes on to say, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles who don't know the Lord eagerly seek all these things. So here, Gentile means those who don't know the Lord. Um, For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Instead, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So the kingdom of God says, focus on serving God, extending his kingdom, reaching the lost with the good news about salvation and and building yourself up on your most holy faith. Okay, number six, the kingdom of the world tells us, play it safe. Don't make waves. Don't rock the boat. Don't go against what's popular. Agree with and champion whatever is acceptable to the mainstream. It's important to be accepted and receive the approval of men. It's okay to be religious. Just keep your religion to yourself. Don't offend anyone by telling them that Jesus Christ is the way. You keep quiet and agreeable so you can live a safe and comfortable life. Mm. That sounds very familiar to me. Okay, but the kingdom of God, on the other hand, says... The world is utterly lost and its people dead in trespasses and sins under the domination of the kingdom of darkness. The mainstream rejects the truth, so don't follow them. They need to hear the message of salvation. How can they hear unless we go and tell them the message of salvation for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching uh, right now I am speaking from 2nd Timothy chapter 4 um, verses 3 through 5 okay they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear they will reject the truth and chase after myths But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry that God has given us. Wow. 
And then in James chapter 4, verse 4, um, from the NLT, the New Living Translation, it says, You are like unfaithful wives, having illicit love affairs with the world and breaking your marriage vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend is being God's enemy? So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. Wow. You know, I don't know about y'all, but every time I read that, it, it blows my mind. And the reason why is because it's so simple, yet we treat it like it's such a difficult concept. The kingdom of the world tells us, you play it safe, you don't make waves, don't rock the boat, you don't go against what's popular, what's acceptable to the mainstream. You need to be accepted. You need to receive the approval of men. It's okay to be religious. Keep your religion to yourself, but you don't offend others by telling them about Jesus Christ. That is the complete opposite of what the word of God says. And the word of God then also says, if you're ashamed of me before others, then I'll be ashamed of you before my father. That's what Jesus said. So not telling people or being ashamed of the word is not an option. Not if we want acceptance before God the father. Okay, the Bible even tells us that people are going to reject the truth and chase after myths. But you keep a clear mind in every situation and don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Yes, you'll speak, speak the truth. And yes, people will not like you. People will label you. They will try to discredit you. Because of that, they did it to Jesus. Why why do we not expect it to happen to us? But that's where the the, the reality of the gospel rubber meets the road. And some of us, we're not ready for that. We're not ready for that. We would rather be liked. We We would rather have a comfortable existence, a safe existence. And I understand that. There are times when, you know, there are things that I know need to be said or need to need to 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 be explored and need to be brought before the attention um, of the community. And I I pause sometimes and I'm like, wait a minute, you know, because I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to see, okay, am I ready for the, 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 the backlash or the effect? on my life this that, that saying this could have i think about it but then i have to come to the point where i say okay you know what i choose jesus i choose the truth i choose the kingdom of god i choose to do what i have been led to do by the Spirit of God. I choose not to reject the truth and chase after myths. I choose not to be afraid of suffering for the Lord. 
I don't want to be like an unfaithful wife, having an illicit love affair with the world and breaking my marriage vow to God. I don't want to be considered a friend of the world and an enemy of God. And James is clear in letting us know that whoever chooses to be a friend of the world takes his stand as an enemy of God. You choose to please the world instead of being obedient to God. That is what we choose. I know for some that's going to be a hard word, but that's what it says. And I believe the Lord. Let God be true and every man a lie. That is what the word says. That is the difference between embracing your citizenship in the kingdom of God and letting go of your citizenship with the world, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's what that means. It's allowing the kingdom of God to, 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 to wash us in the word so that we begin to see with with new eyes and we begin to hear with new ears and we begin to speak with new tongues the word of the of god and to represent the kingdom of god accurately in the earth amen amen And then our last one that we're going to actually do today um, is going to be number seven. The kingdom of the world tells us, love yourself and your family. Maybe your friends too, but you don't need to love those who are outside of your family and people. Hate your enemy. You get them before they get you. Wow. But the kingdom of God says, love God first, even more than your own life in this world. This is connected, you know, these are all connected actually because it's one message, a message of living a sacrificed life. Amen. Matthew 10, 37 says, the one who loves father or mother, son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The kingdom of God says, yes, love your family and love your people and nation, but your love should not stop there. You love your neighbor as yourself and the whole world is your neighbor. Even those who are different from you, even those who don't share your faith, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 1 John 4.20. And then Luke 6.31 says, love your enemy and pray for them. I'm sorry, that was Matthew 5.44. Matthew 5.44 says, love your enemy and pray for them. And then Luke 6.31 says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Amen. The kingdom of God, again, opposed to what the kingdom of of the world tries to indoctrinate us with self-love, selfishness, you know, egotisticalism. That's not a word. (laughs) Pardon me, please. Pardon me. That is not a word. You know, our egos, self, us, me, mine, ours. But the word of God is clear. 
We're to love our neighbors as ourselves and the whole world is our neighbor. Doesn't matter if they look like us, if they believe like us, or even if they love us. They are to be loved by us. Amen. Amen. Well, guess what? We've come to the end of episode two. Any questions, any comments, please message me. Let me know what they are. And again, I pronounce blessings over you and your family. And I pray that you join me again. And until next time, have a wonderful week.